Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Desher, and we are joined today by our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer, Joe Fordyce. We have plenty of fun off-season talk for you, and one topic we're going to get into, it's a very popular one in Philadelphia, it seems like every season, uh, and for once, it's finally a good topic for Flyers fans, Carter Hart, goaltending. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NHL Network, as many uh, know, have been releasing these positional rankings during the offseason. Top 20 centers, top 20 wings. They did their top 10 goalies the other day, and that list did not include Carter Hart. I think Flyers fans will have a bone to pick with some of those people that compile that list. Um, Brooke Desher, let's start with you. Is Carter Hart a top 10 goalie already, in your opinion? I would say top 15. Okay. Um. However, I am still confused by certain goalies that did make the list. <clears throat> Jordan Bennington is top five. Yeah. Excuse me? One year. In what, in what world? Yeah. I don't even think he's top 20 right now. Um, so typically I'm, I'm pretty pressed with these lists. I think that the top 10 goalies are all out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Carter Hart's a top 10 yet. But, I mean, he's close. So, right off the bat, that's my initial instinct with and reaction for this. I kind of had the same response to it when it first came out um, this afternoon. But, yeah, I'm I'm more stunned that Jordan Bennington is a top five um, than Carter Hart making the list. No, it did. That one season Jordan Pennington had wins the cup in St. Louis. Obviously really good when he comes up. And, uh, yeah, it seems like that certainly got him in that top five, you would have to think. Uh, yeah, for me, Brooke, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, think he's, I don't think Carter Hart is top ten yet, but I certainly think he could play his way into that conversation next season. Um, Kevin Hayes said it during, I think, the playoffs. He was saying he thinks Carter Hart deserves to be among those elite names um, in the NHL among goaltenders. I think he'll get there eventually. I don't know if he's top 10 yet. I can see why maybe some Flyers fans think he is. Joe, uh, what do you think? 
I, I think he's right on the outskirts of the top 10. And um, if you look at the, the back-to-back shutouts and some of the things that he did in, in the playoffs this past uh, playoffs in the summer, um, I think that vaulted him just to the edge. Um, the only thing that would, things that would give me pause are, it, it may not seem like it, but Hart is yet to play a quote-unquote normal season. Yeah, he yeah. came up in the middle of a season in his rookie year, and then obviously this past season was anything but normal. So we've yet to see what a and, – and obviously this coming season is not going to be normal. There's no way they're going to play 82 games. Mm-hmm. So we've yet to see what an 82-game stretch will look like for Carter. Um, those, that's nothing – you know, it's not his fault. So um, – but I, I, think, I, I think it put him just on the outskirts. Now, the Jordan Bennington thing, as good as he was when they won the Cup, you could argue he was equally, if not more, as bad in their team's exit from the playoffs this past year. I don't know that his coach would have him in the top, uh, <laughs> you know, the top ten, let alone the top five right now. So yeah. I think that's that, – that there's definitely some questions to be had. Um, you have some goalies in different places this year coming up. So, you know, hard to figure out how they'll fit in yet until you see them on the ice. Guys like Holtby, guys like Lundqvist. You don't know how these type of guys are going to fit in their new surroundings. Um, and, you know, but I would say he's right about there. And it won't take much more for him to be in the top ten. Yeah, I'm pretty curious to see what he does this season because, like you said – we're not going to have a typical NHL season, but I kind of believe the no fans was something that Hart needed because I know that they said that there's not really a home ice advantage from the previous playoffs that we had when in the bubble, but Carter Hart struggled on the road for the majority of the 2019-20 season. So this upcoming year, because I, I really do have a feeling we're not going to see fans. I, I think it's the safest thing. Um, that now doesn't become an issue for him. And while we don't, we don't know what he's capable of in a full NHL season yet, and we won't know until the following season, hopefully. But that's probably going to balance out some of those concerns that we would have had if we were going into a normal season. So it's going to benefit him in the sense where maybe he does break that top 10 conversation early in the season because we don't have those fears, we don't have those worries or concerns. So that's what I'm really curious about watching him as we start next season. Yeah, it's interesting too. If you actually look at his goals against average from last season, it was 2.42. That was better than Andre Vasilevsky and Jordan Biddington. And Hart played his fair share of games. It wasn't like he played a lot fewer games than those two. He was right there, like kind of neck and neck with those guys. Uh, Vasilevsky played a good amount of more games, good number of more games, obviously. But, um, he, you know, Hart played, I think, 40-plus well over. I, I would have to look back. But, so, yeah, his numbers were better than those two. So, yeah, like you said, Brooke, uh, you know, given the, the uncertainty of fans being in the building, you know, maybe Hart obviously doesn't have to worry about those road struggles at all can really completely find himself and put up a big season uh, and really kind of catapult him into that top 10 conversation. Joe, it had me thinking with Bennington being in this group, and I I believe Brooks he's in the top five, 
does that tell you what a run can do, a playoff run can do for a goalie and his, you know, really how people perceive him um, among other goalies? It seems like a playoff run is like when a goalie gets hot and goes on a playoff run, they are remembered for that, especially when they win. Well, I, I think um, I, I think that that's it's such a huge emphasis because you mentioned goals against average, and I, when when people think about a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, I don't think people think about goals against average as they think about clutch saves and big yeah. moments. And yeah. he certainly had plenty of those in the playoffs, um, and and he he's. Quite frankly, I don't know that he will able, be able to have a long career playing the amount of games that he's playing currently with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, also, you know, it doesn't hurt when you have guys like Victor Hedman playing in front of you, you know, 30 minutes a game. Yep. Um, so, you know, but a playoff, run, a playoff run gives a guy cash in the bank, particularly early in his career. Jordan Bennington has a Stanley Cup run in his rookie season. Um, I mean, we all know the story about how St. Louis, that trip to Philadelphia set them on their way Mm -hmm. uh, two seasons ago. And, you know, he has cash in the bank. Um, Now, struggle for another season or maybe cost your team a a playoff spot or a playoff series, uh, I think that cash runs out pretty quick in the NHL now because – it's not as if he has he has this long resume of great seasons with one clunker. It's now it's one and one, right? So you know, yes, there are there. If you look at the other sports, you know, there are quarterbacks who are not very good that have won Super Bowl. Are you hint, are you hinting at something, Joe? <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Foles. <laughs> At least we – I mean, he caught lightning in a bottle. And, right. you know, that can happen in hockey too. Um, it doesn't happen that much. But, you know, it's, it's certainly a possibility. But I, I, I think, you know, the cash in the bank runs out very quickly when things go south and you're one of the main reasons that they do go south. Yeah, I'll take consistency over, over that any day. Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% of what have you done for me now, league. That's, and that's pro sports, let's be real. Um, look at Doug Peterson. <laughs> the guy wins a Super Bowl, and now his head's kind of on the chopping block. Yeah, cash um, in the bank. That's, that's, yep. You've heard that a lot in the last few weeks with Doug Peterson. He has cash in the bank. Yeah. And he might have more cash in the bank because the Eagles have never won a Super Bowl. So that's, that's yeah. a huge thing. But, you know, yeah. as we've seen and heard – uh, the cash can run out quickly. It can. And you know, with Jordan Bennington, a very good example too. Uh, hero in year one, as he comes up and takes the blues on this crazy run, uh, puts him on their, his shoulders. And then the very next year, not quite himself and really struggles in the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, you're not really the man anymore and you have to prove yourself again. So yeah, Carter Hart. And, look, and take a look at Jordan Bennington this next season. They lost their top defenseman, Alex yeah. Petrangelo. Yeah. So, right. you know, how is that going to affect him? This is a lot of stuff for a very young guy to have go on in the first, you know, two plus years of his career. Yeah. And to put a little context on the stat I brought up, obviously better goals against average for Carter Hart than Vasilevsky Bennington. Carter Hart played 43 games, Bennington 50, Vasilevsky 52. So 
you know, Hart was up there with them. Uh, obviously, didn't the uh, Flyers didn't ride his shoulders quite as much as obviously those two teams ride their goalies. But yeah, it's exciting to see uh, a young goaltender, uh, the goaltender of the future for the Flyers, kind of in that ballpark, in that range with those with those names. Tis the season to thrill at the Nissan year-end sales event. Get in, then get out, and experience the most riveting ride of the year in a brand new Nissan. These savings on Nissan's lineup are sure to raise your pulse. Well, speaking of Carter Hart, obviously thriving at home, as Brooke mentioned, a dominant uh, home goaltender, and that was really positive to see, obviously, with the pressures of playing that position in the city, to see a young kid like that play the way he did at home. Of course, though, he did struggle on the road. But speaking of that home dominance and those road struggles, I think it's a fair question to wonder, how will the Flyers be impacted with possibly not having any fans in the building next season? The Flyers were the best home home team in hockey last year. That was such a huge part of their success. They really fed off their crowd. They were comfortable at home. It's where they played their best hockey. But they, quite frankly, were not the same team on the road. If they don't have their home fans – does that really concern you guys at all? Uh, Brooke, let's start with you. Does that concern you that, you know, they might not have had that advantage that they did uh, at last season? It, it turned out to be huge for them. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, it's, it's no secret that teams are able to feed off of that kind of energy. And I remember when they first started to discuss bubble talks and scenarios, and especially when the game started um, – picking up I remember a lot of people were like well if the fit if the, if the Phillies nope if the <laughs> Flyers were technically home can they pump in booze in the crowd and and things like that so Philly specifically has a very authentic home experience and I think that's why so many athletes do love coming to play for this city because they know how passionate their fans are that come to watch these games. Mm. So obviously I think it is going to play a factor to some extent, to some degree. I mean, I, I think, again, it did play a factor in the bubble because this team just did not get going the way that you thought they were going to. They were not the same team that we saw in March when things stopped. And granted, so much happened in that time frame from when the play did stop in March to when play resumed um, with the round robin. But it's, it's, it's interesting for sure. I mean, I think that it's definitely something that would help, again, Carter Hart. I think for some of the players, though, who feed off of energy, I think Travis Konechny is a good one to name, who thrives off of the energy in the arena and the atmosphere um it could play could play a pretty interesting factor into how it affects the players next year yeah and and we do not know obviously if fans will be allowed in the buildings for games heck we don't even know um if teams will be playing in their home arenas it could be another bubble type of scenario for next season so a lot is up in the air and this is obviously kind of just a hypothetical question because we do not know uh if some fans no fans uh, will be a lot of games next season. But I do find it very interesting, Brooke, like you said. Uh, they fed off playing at the Wells Fargo Center in front of those crazy fans. Um, sometimes that becomes a pressure cooker playing in a city like Philly. Um, I think we've seen some Flyers teams struggle at home uh, before this past 
season, uh, probably a season, I think the year, yeah, 2018-19, I think they were one of the, they had one of their worst home performances, I think, in 20 years. Um, and I think a lot of that was just the pressure of that season and all the change that was kind of on the horizon in terms of people losing jobs and whatnot. Uh, totally different this season. Joe, do you think this could be a big factor for the Flyers in 2020-21, not having their fans potentially? Well, the season's not happening in a vacuum, right? So you have other teams who are not going to be having their fans either. So with the proposed divisions, just to use an example, you're not going to be going to TD Garden and hearing the Boston fans jump all over you. Washington, you know, where they've won recently. Um, you're, it's going to say, I don't know if I would say it equal the playing field. It's not going to equal it because teams have different levels of talent, but it's going to equal it from the terms of the building isn't going to necessarily be a factor other than actually having to get there. Um, and I think we've seen it now with um, football. Uh, that's really the only one that's done. I mean, baseball did it too. So, yeah. you know, you, you have – the buildings are not really – they're kind of like an afterthought. Um, so I, th- I think it will be an adjustment at the start of the season – but I think 15 games in, if it, if, you know, if, it, if it's still 15 games in and there's no fans, I think we're not going to be talking about buildings. We're going to be just – this is just going to be the way it is until it's not that way anymore. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to similar to what we saw in the bubble, right? There was so much talk about the team that um, is able to create its own energy the most and create its own motivation the most was the team that was probably going to do the best. And it seemed like the Lightning obviously had a ton of – internal motivation they didn't need their fans around them to get that they had they wanted to they needed that season they needed those playoffs to kind of erase what happened last year and all the times they've they've fallen short um they seem like they really created their own energy I think the Flyers could be tasked with that and I I did find it sad it's interesting last year the Flyers are the best home team in hockey the season before that they went 19 18 and 4 at home it was their fewest home wins in a full season since 2006-07, uh, which is when they were absolutely dreadful. Um, one of the worst teams, I think, if not the worst in the league. The uh, worst. Yeah. yeah, I believe they were the yeah. worst team that year, not even close. We just, pre- we just forget about that season. Yes. We pretend like we didn't exist. <laughs> yes. Actually, that whole mid-2000s, scrap all that. Yeah. It was the one full season canceled. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good point. So I, I think that really – it's kind of funny. It just shows you the uniqueness of Philly. Uh, sometimes it can be insanely uh, pressure-driven to play in this city, and then sometimes it can be your best friend, as we know. Um, but that's what we love about Philly. We love Philly. It's pressure. Uh, that's what we love about this city as a sports city. Um, and hopefully uh, hopefully, eventually the Flyers can, can feed off that brook because – I think you you and I have talked about it a ton, how fun last season was becoming because the fans were starting to buy in to this group and you could just sense it in the building. There was just a different vibe, I feel like, after January once uh, they started going on that run. Yeah, I mean, I am all for – I think this is why I enjoy hockey. I, like, it's my favorite sport. I, I preach it. I'll scream it off mountaintops. I, I love this sport for so many different reasons. But I think – one of them in particular is just the atmosphere of a game and how it can go really, really well or the complete opposite. But yeah, when once they hit that stride 
after January, being up in the press box, being around the, even like the players in the locker room and just hearing the fans and the crowd, it's just, it's something that you can't even really explain. You have to experience it to fully understand just how much of a change this was compared to the previous season. So I can only hope that we can get that kind of experience again soon. I miss it. I'll never take a game, a live event for granted for the rest of my existence. But yeah, it does, I, I personally think it does play a huge factor. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Thanksgiving is this week, so we thought we would have some fun with Thanksgiving and have a little segment of what we believe Flyers fans should be thankful for right now during this offseason and maybe some things that they should not be thankful for. Uh, Brooke, let's start with you. What do you think Flyers fans should be thankful for right now? Um, aside from gritty, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm always thankful for gritty. And Brooke, um, I wanted to ask you, is he okay? I'm a little worried about that guy. Huh? <laughs> um, I was cracking up. For those of you who don't really know what Jordan and I are talking about right now, gritty looks like he's going through a little crisis right now on social media and has resorted to crystals and manifestation and all of that to heal his energies and it's if if you have twitter just go and check it out i promise you won't regret it no. um i relate on a personal level i was cracking up um i think he's okay yes. i would hope so <laughs> he's, he's all of us without flowers hockey right now right brooke <laughs> yes yeah. yes anything to just kind of calm the mind right um yeah, so aside from Gritty, um, I am going to use my what I'm most thankful for, for Claude Giroux, because, like again, I, something else that I will shout from the freaking rooftops for the rest of my life. He is the most underrated athlete, I think, that has ever played for the Flyers for this extensive period of time. And people just tend to not understand the impact that he is going to leave as a flyer by the time that his career ends in Philadelphia. Whether he finishes his career out here, which I hope he does, or he finishes elsewhere, his number will go in the rafters. He will probably be a top five player in goals, in points. And that's just, you don't get players like this to this caliber forever. You know, and I just think that he's somebody who needs to be appreciated way more. He's the captain for a reason. The players respect him immensely. The organization respects him immensely. So this is just me spewing off reasons why people need to give Claude Giroux more respect. Um, I'm not saying that he gets a lot of hate. I know that he does get hate. Um but in terms of just underrated athletes in the city and for flyers in general, I just, I'm so thankful for him because he's a big reason I grew up enjoying hockey as much as I did. You know, he's kind of the blueprint um, along with a handful of other players that made me love and appreciate the sport so much. And I, I take it as, as an honor and a privilege every single day to be able to cover and write and talk about my team that I love so passionately. Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm using that just to, to hype up Claude Giroux and um, very thankful for him and what he's done for this city. And I hope that people understand that just a little bit more moving forward because he's, he's a rare player. He really is. And people won't realize the impact that he has until he's gone. And that's unfortunate, but that's what, that's where we're at. So. Yeah. No, I think you're right. When, <laughs> when, once, whenever he is gone, whenever he's no longer wearing a Flyers jersey, I think people are really going to see the impact that he left here um, because there will be a void. And yeah, I hope Flyers fans are thankful for Claude Drew. Like you said, Brooke, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Guy's done a lot for this city and hopefully they can learn to appreciate it. I think most do. And it's a shame if some don't. Joe, uh, what do you think Flyers fans should be thankful for? And you can't say Claude Drew. Brooke already took that one. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Carter Hart because they there should be go. thankful that they don't have to ask the question every season. Two <laughs> questions. One, who is going to be the goalie that's our guy? And yeah. two, will a goalie cost us a big game and or playoff series? Uh -huh. Because I think Carter answered that last season. Um, and this is, I mean, this has been a question since I was 12 years old. I mean, you know, I remember the days when Claude Lemieux from the blue line passed Hextall and, you know, um, just, just waiting for the goaltender to give up a soft goal or, a, you know, basically one that Martin Brodeur wouldn't give up <laughs> in terms of my childhood. <laughs> uh, that's what I saw, Brodeur beating the Flyers, you know, the mm -hmm. whole time. So the idea that you don't have to ask that question anymore should be something that all Flyers fans should be thankful for. That's awesome. Doesn't uh, Chris Terrian, doesn't he always say that the Devils were his most hated team just because they were the biggest thorn in the Flyers' yeah, side? Yeah, well, I mean, the Flyers, during that era of hockey, you know, which the Legion of Doom era, the Lindros era, whatever you want to call it, the Flyers, um, the Rangers won the cup in 94, but from that point on, the Flyers pretty much owned the Rangers and it was always the devils that they couldn't get past. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's just, that's the way it was. They were the thorn in their side and the biggest thorn was Brodeur. I mean, yes, mm -hmm. Scott Stevens was there. You had some super talented players, Scott Niedermeyer, Scott Stevens, or, you know, I mentioned Scott Stevens. Um, Scott Gomez, even if you went, they just kept replenishing guys that would just get under your skin. But the one constant was always Brodeur. And he, oh, you never, ever would think, man, I can't believe Brodeur let that goal in. He just didn't do it. Yeah, you look at his numbers, they're just insane. Like, <laughs> you just go to hockey reference if you get a chance, and you just, they're just honestly astounding. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Carter Hart, that's a good one. That's the future right there in net. I like that. I like that pick as well. For me, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to say Ron Hextall. And for the point of that being the contract, he was able to sign Sean Couturier to back Ooh, in, yes. I believe, was July 2015. Uh, Hextall was able to sign him to a six-year extension, um, and it's become such a bargain deal now because Couturier is a do-it-all player, the Selkie Trophy winner. Uh, from this past season and just given what he does and the fact that he only makes 4.3 million um, is pretty wild to me and kudos to Ron Hextall they did their homework on Sean Couturier they knew what they had in him they were not concerned that he didn't have his breakout yet and they were able to sign him before his big peak before his outbreak 
uh, big breakout season. And what happened, it turned into a really, really great contract for a player that is uh, really the best, best player on the Flyers roster, I think, right now. I think you can argue that. So I'm going to say be thankful for Ron Hextall for signing that deal. And it kind of hit me lately because, uh, speaking of Claude Drew and being on the second to last year of his contract, Sean Gatorier will be on the second to last year of his contract. So he will be doing new deal when Claude Drew is. We'll have to see if Drew obviously is back. I think there's zero doubt, though, that Sean Gatorier, of course, will be back. And uh, he will get his well-earned payday. So I'm going to say Ron Hextall, thankful for Ron Hextall and that deal. Brooke Destro, what should Flyers fans not be thankful for? Um, Buy some fun, some fun choices. <laughs> um, I am going to go with the division that they play in. Okay. <laughs> because that. of the fact that if the Flyers played in just about any other division in this league, I think that they would have significant more hype mm-hmm. to them. But because of the fact that we have such highly competitive, talented teams in the Metropolitan, like the Capitals, the Hurricanes are up and coming. We always have talk about the Rangers um, now with their young team and this young new core that they have. The Penguins are like a gnat that never goes away. We still have them. Um, And for some reason, the Flyers can't crack the Islanders. But on a broader perspective, they are a team that would probably be discussed at length across the league if they were in any other position because of their talent, because of everything that they have. So that's just me being more annoyed in the sense that the Metropolitan is just stacked for ridiculous reasons. Because if you put the Flyers out West, if it wasn't a West Coast road trip (laughs) at the end of December and you threw them, they played on the West Coast they would be one of, if not the top teams. So curse you, Metropolitan Division, for <laughs> raining on the Flyers parade. <laughs> I like that. And, hey, Brooke, maybe we'll see them play in a realigned division. That would kind of be maybe a breath of fresh air, just given they will not be in a stacked Metro. Who knows what the division will look like next year. Obviously, we know that's kind of in the discussion right now is realigned divisions. But, yeah, the Metro, it just seems like the Flyers are still in the shadows of the Penguins and Capitals, doesn't it? You know, with Ovechkin and Crosby and all the Stanley Cups, it just seems like they are still in that shadow. Mm-hmm. Joe oh. Fordix, what, ta- what are you taking for uh, Flyers fans not to be thankful for? Well, I, I actually have two things here. And w- w- the first one I'll say is the state of hockey right now, I think, is a reason to be thankful and not thankful for the okay. fact that, that we're in the state we're in as a world right now is something not to be thankful for. And that affects our sports. It affects our teams. It affects our ability to go watch our teams. So I think that's something not to be thankful for. Yeah. Something to be thankful for, though, is that we had what we were able to have in the summer. And that it appears we're going to have some sort of season starting early in 2021. So I think that's a kind of either or one. The the definitely not thankful for one that I'm going to say is maybe off the beaten path, but I I think the unfortunate injuries to Samuel Moran is, is one of the things Mm -hmm. because a guy with that size and that skating ability, I don't, I don't know now 
that we're going to ever be able to realize what the full potential of that was. Um, we got brief glimpses of him in the NHL, not really anything that you were able to form an opinion on whether he'd be a, a great player. And he's just had some unfortunate problems with knee injuries. And, you know, I know he's going to get another shot and everything, but I mean, let's be honest. These are not small injuries that he's dealt with. These are injuries that affect, if not ruin guys' careers. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something to be not thankful for, um, for fans as well as Samuel himself. Yeah. And he's such a great guy. I know you guys have talked to him. He's such a great guy and, you know, is never one to go like to, to do a sort of a, like a poor me routine. He's, he's a great guy to, to talk to. And, you know, um, I, that's what I'm going to go with for this category. That's such a good one. And like, I was just going to say too, Joe, yeah, such a good kid, as we all know, a uh, very, very good kid, kind of happy go lucky guy. And uh, it's just a shame to see it happen to anyone, but same old rant, like you said, good guy and so much potential. Let's hope he can, you know, work his way back and, and yeah, eventually see the Flyers again and really get his shot because let's be real, he has not gotten a shot because of those unfortunate injuries and those unfortunate breaks along his uh, career path. So, and for me, like, to kind of tie into Joe's point on the whole climate of the NHL and sports and obviously during this pandemic, um, I'm going to say not to be thankful for the flat cap era because I think if we were not in a flat cap era and teams were able to spend a little bit more, Maybe the Flyers offseason would have been would have been a little more eventful. And I think that's what fans always yearn for is even if it's not a great move, something's happening. And we just didn't see it. We didn't see this offseason. They signed one player um, just because they like what they have in-house. So that's good. Good for the Flyers for drafting, developing. But it's always nice when you have a little more money to spend and you make a little bit more news. Uh, it makes everyone's offseason a little more eventful. So I'm going to say Flyers fans will not be thankful for the flat cap era. And that could extend, you know, for two to three years. And it's going to make it tough to spend. And it might make things a little more boring, maybe, in the offseason. That's okay. Boring can be good sometimes. But I think Flyers fans always like to see stuff happen. Um, and they have not seen it happen a ton in this offseason because of the flat cap. So that is what I'm going to say Flyers fans are not thankful for. Well, Brooke Destra, thank you so much as always. Joe Fordyce, thank you so much as well. Always fun having you on Talking Hockey, and we're going to definitely have you on some more during this offseason. Looking forward to it. Uh, and hopefully, I'm hoping, Joe, you're able to produce a pre- and post-game show soon. Me too. Yeah. Looking forward to, to around the, the start of the new year, looking forward to uh, getting in there and, you know, looking forward to some games, whether the buildings are – uh, well, I mean, obviously they're going to be empty to start. So, um, but just ready to see the guys on the ice. Absolutely. Thank you so much, both. And a special thank you to our podcast producer, Ben Barry, as well. Flyers fans, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. <laughs>